report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And wow, guys, is, I don't know about you, my, my office feels really dark right now. I could really use a light from a Jedi. Stephen, no. Mm. No. Well, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I happen to have some light sabers next to me of different colors that may not reflect the new high order ones but ah. a republic sorry ha <laughs> republic anyway we tried yeah uh we're talking about <laughs> uh light of the jedi the no- uh, novel by charles sewell kind of kicking off the high republic era as it were uh william you want to tell us more about it Yes, yes, this episode is episode. This book is written by Charles Sewell and is the first uh, novel in the High Republic era, the brand new era set uh, long before the movies. Uh, in this era, you know, it's actually a golden age. Intrepid hyperspace scouts expand the reach of the Republic to the furthest stars. Worlds flourish under the benevolent leadership of the Senate, and peace reigns, enforced by the wisdom and strength of the renowned order of Force users known as the Jedi. With the Jedi at the height of their power, the free citizens of the galaxy are confident in the ability to weather any storm, but even the brightest light can cast a shadow, and some storms defy any preparation. When a shocking catastrophe in hyperspace tears a ship to pieces, uh, the flurry of shrapnel emerging from the disaster threatens an entire system. No sooner does the call for help go out to the jet than the Jedi race to the scene. The scope of the emergence, however, is not enough to push even Jedi to their limit. As the sky breaks open, destruction rains down upon the peaceful alliance they helped to build. The Jedi must trust in the Force to see them through the day in which a single mistake costs the lives of billions. Even as the Jedi bat- battle valiantly against Calamity, something truly deadly grows beyond the boundaries of the Republic. The hyperspace disaster is far more sinister than the Jedi could suspect. A threat hides in the darkness far from the light of the Jedi, light of the age, and harbors a secret that could strike fear into even a Jedi's heart. So that is how this book uh, kicks off the new era of the High republic and so far so far two novels are out there's obviously the um light of the jedi and uh and there's um uh, into the dark as well by justina ireland uh, and soon claudia gray's novel is coming out as well but yeah the, that's in, that's the coming weeks right uh, yes. Soon. Yeah, yeah. It's coming out. Actually, um, by the time this episode releases, I believe it should be. Uh, it'll be out because it comes out on February second. This episode is actually dropping a few days after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, by this point, the three first three books uh, uh, will be out. Sorry. Yeah. Into the uh, Into the Dark is the is the one by Claudia Gray. Um, but yeah. Um, what did you guys think? You know, this is, uh, you know, it was like, like I said, we've got Light of the Jedi. A Test of Courage is coming out soon. But, like, what did you think of the first entry into this brand new era of Star Wars? I, it's you, pretty interesting. This is okay. the... I, I, was, I was happy you started, Stephen. Go ahead. 
<laughs> okay, I was gonna say, yeah, I'm. I thought it was interesting. This is the first time we've really opened up a new era like this in Star Wars in a long time. Um, I, I suspect the closest equivalent would have been like when the Legacy comic series kind of opened up, or some of the kind of old Republic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book does. Uh, I'll say I, I think they do a good job with uh, this not taking away from the rest of the book but it is a lot of heavy lifting in terms of setting up the age to kind of help give it the right feel basically so like one of the things i really appreciate is you know this is the golden age of the republic and the chancellor so i believe makes lots of references to this idea of like these great works you know this is we're building the monuments of the galaxy the starlight beacon kind of this outer rim station that will bring trade and prosperity to chancellor so's new empire sorry that's a different thing uh, but there's a lot of, I thought, really interesting uh, pieces like that, where it really is just about celebrating everything that's going on in the Republic at this time. The Jedi are at the height of the power. The Republic is spreading its influence throughout. And I, it's an interesting era. It's very, I'd say, it's unlike a lot of what I think we've gotten in Star Wars previously. Like it truly is a golden era. Even the the Nihil, who are the kind of the enemies and the bad guys of this, don't particularly feel like they're not the Empire. They're not the First Order. You know, they're not the Sith. They're not. They're not at the same scale of threat. I I agree with that. I think a biggest thing for me was. They they tried to pack so much into one book. I feel like. In the third part of the book, I got lost because I just feel like there was just so many many characters thrown at you at a a certain point. It was so, so hard to keep track of what was going on. Um, I I think, you know, I'm going to go back to um, the first book in the series when they did um, the the new order, the the new order when you had Kanan first introduced that first book that led into Rebels. And how that was like a really good world building, but it it seemed like that was more around just like a few of the characters, you know, not so many. It just got to a point to where I really felt like I needed to have a scorecard to keep track. I mean, th- there were some that were great. I mean, you, you could understand, you know, uh, Jedi Master Great Storm. Okay, you you, you knew he was going to be a main character. Um, you knew. Um, um, uh, Jedi Master Chris, the one who feels the Force as music, you knew she was going to play a really good uh, part in this. Um, great Storm's uh, apprentice, I thought was fun. I thought he was a great character, especially to where you know he felt like he was going to fall and fall to his death. I thought that that was kind of fun, but I just feel like there were just so many things to try and keep track of. It it, it kind of got me a little lost. It's interesting, Tom, because you. This is, and I talked to William about this ahead of time. So you both finished the book, or were at least that pretty far ahead of me, um, in terms of you know reading the book. And the thing that I, I so the book starts. There's the accident with uh, I'm blanking on the name of the ship, but the ship explodes in hyperspace. We'll get to that. I have many thoughts on that. <laughs> um, and then we get to. I this, totally agree uh, with you on that one. I, I agree. But continue. I have so many thoughts on this. Um, not a, well. We'll get there. We're gonna get there. The important part is, uh, so there, there's this tragedy happening across the system. And I, I have this palpable moment of like, where the chapter ends, is like, the Jedi had arrived. And it, you could tell they're going for like, this is the golden age, the Jedi arriving is this hugely momentous event. And I, I thought it was awesome. 
And I was like, yeah, the Jedi are here. <laughs> and then there's, and it's again, Tom, they're, like you said, they're introducing so many characters that I assume will play larger roles in other parts of the, the fiction. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden they're like this entire, like that's, I was reading on a Kindle. So that's like, you know, 5% into the book is when the Jedi arrive. And that the rest of that tragedy and what happens in that system goes for the another, next like 25% of the book, about a third yeah. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it goes for so long. I was just like, the Jedi, like, I'm looking at my watch. The Jedi arrived like two hours ago. Are they doing anything? I can't tell. Right. Like we were, we're bouncing between all these interesting characters. Like I liked all of them, but it, there's so much that's happening there that definitely makes it a little bit tough to, I don't know, reckon with, I guess. And, yeah. and I think what, uh, uh, good, no, William, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead because so, you've heard mine, you've heard Steven go. <laughs> so, you know, the, this, I think was, I, 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 I liked it and I didn't like it at the same time, how it took a full third of the book. Um, you know, it, it was kind of interesting seeing this event play out from different sides and how the Jedi are, are responding to this. And you really do get this giant scale of what's uh, going on, at least localized to the system. Uh, you know, uh, we can get more into that later. Um, and you kind of get this, this uh, it's like an intro to, you know, the Jedi in this era, you know, 101, where you really do get to see all these different Jedi and actually non-Jedi, right? All these different characters in this era, and I was struck by how many of them were introduced and just died right r- early yep. on, or 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 never came back. You know, there's so many characters like because uh-huh. because of the disaster, and so you, you you're introduced to the character, and then like four pages later, they're they're dead. Um, and it does it. I, I liked how it gives you the sense of the scale and what's going on, and and that sort of thing. Um, it did seem to drag out. A, a little bit longer than I would have liked. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the downside is a lot of the characters, there were a ton of characters introduced. However, uh, once you got past that first third, the focus of the book narrowed significantly to a much, yep. much smaller cast of, of characters that I thought was much easier to to follow. And so the first third, I was it almost just felt like little vignettes of like, okay, here's a character, and I probably don't even need to care about them after, after the end of mm-hmm. this, you know, this couple pages. Um, and so I think that helped a little bit. Uh, I, I, I liked it, uh, in, in some ways, even though it felt a bit long, I kind of almost get the sense that like Charles Sewell was tasked with introducing readers to the era because it's the first book in this era, the first adult book in the era specifically. Um, and as a result, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it was part of the charter or not when writing the book. But it's like here, introduce a whole bunch of people. Maybe they'll play a role in future books. Maybe they won't. But just like go, and that may have contributed yep. to that feeling. Can Can I get on my hyperspace rant now? You know what? Go ahead because I I'm I, gonna follow you. Can, I, I want I want to say one thing though before you get on the hyperspace thing. The one the, the one thing that I think that kind of worked for me but dragged it was at each time they were saying. You know, for the, the next chapter, so many minutes to impact. Then story, story, story. Then somewhere else, so many minutes to impact. Okay, it it moved the story along, but I think that was also possibly a thing that make it feel like it dragged a little bit. But I think the hyperspace thing is the next thing we want to talk about, because go ahead, Stephen. Oh, this was the thing that, like, honestly, in so many ways, it overshadowed, not the, in a bad way, it overshadowed the rest of the book for me, but it's, I've gone on rants before on technology. Like we, we talked about like the hyperspace Ram from last Jedi and kind of does it or does it trivialize 
you know, combat inside of Star Wars? Does it not? And so on. So the just to kind of recap for those of you who haven't read the book, or I guess if you haven't read the book, why are you listening? Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers all <laughs> over the place. a little late for that, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a transport freighter carrying goods and people, you know, out along the outer rim kind of uh, hyperspace lanes. Um, there's an accident where another ship basically crosses through the hyperspace lane in a way that's not supposed to be possible. Um, and it's important to note that causes the captain of the ship to try, try and turn uh, her freighter mm -hmm. in hyperspace. The fact that the ship crossed does not change, I think, the physics of any of this. It's just that's the, that's the inciting event. And the ship breaks apart in hyperspace. And then that creates this kind of tragedy throughout the system, where, or throughout the Outer Rim, where the parts of the ship now kind of burst out of hyperspace and smash into planets and so on and so forth. There's, first of all, there's a problem where, like, throughout this entire rescue attempt, they're talking about how these fragments are going so fast and they're impacting the planets at massive speeds and so on. Um, but the ships are able to catch up with them and it just, either they're going so fast that you can't catch up with them or they're not going fa that fast and you can catch up with them. The book tries to have its cake and eat it too and I don't buy it. The second mm -hmm. problem is space is really big. Planets are really small. Suns are really small. But like there's like 30 emergences or some such that occur like even in the first system and so many of them actually impact very very tiny objects which just the not likely to happen but my biggest issue is like if if this is a possible thing why do you need a death star like oh throw a freighter into hyperspace point it at alderaan blow it up and apparently alderaan will get destroyed as a result of that like this nothing in this entire like in the novel makes me feel like this is something that couldn't be reproduced at will by any nefarious person who could strap a hyperdrive onto a freighter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that bothers me a little bit. I, the physics of it really don't make sense to me. Well, there, there's another thing about the hyperspace thing. And I do remember this somewhere in the book. And I, 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 what didn't Avar Chris mention somewhere in the book that hyperspace felt sick. Yeah. They're like, there's a, there's a sequence where they're trying to understand the tragedy, what happened um, and I do like that the book is challenging in some ways what hyperspace is. Traditionally, it's mm -hmm. been a um, like law, uh, like hyper uh, navigation log, like a sea mm -hmm. log, I don't know what they're called, um, where like, you know, uh, paths are charted and you use those charts from previous ships to be able to guide your way through hyperspace. It's why going down a hyperspace lane, you can go effectively much faster because you don't have to worry about running into things. Um, and that's why travel is important it's why people like the santecas who we'll get to are so important is because they blaze yeah. these paths. i do like that marchian rose kind of uh because seems to be kind of setting up as the like the overarching villain of the nihil and kind of this high republic era has a way of using hyperspace that is non-standard mm -hmm. um they can go against the grain of hyperspace dart across different channels and so on um, which allows ships to both make more precise jumps and faster jumps, which I think is mm -hmm. it's, it's a fascinating concept. That, it's a fascinating yeah, it concept. It, it's it's one of those things. I kind of hope that it it dies here also because it it does break a lot of things. Well, it, it, yeah, uh, I mean, it has to die in some way because this con this technology doesn't exist. People clearly like it's starting to get out. Like people know that this technology exists. They don't know how it works. Uh, but they know it exists in some way. Mm -hmm. 
then again, it's been, you know, it's many years, uh, you know, it's 300, two, 300 years before the film. So there's a good chance it could die out. Mm. Uh, the knowledge of the Jedi disappeared in just, you know, uh, 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 tw- 20 years, thanks to a massive disinformation campaign on the part of the empire. But, um, yeah, I, it, it does. If, if the secret got out, it would break a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, but the fast, the fascinating thing, if I, if I remember this book correctly, Marshawn Rowe had this lady that was in in a um, uh, tube or whatever that was plotting out all these hyperspace routes, and it seems like the Santacas, which when when you read into it, they know about this woman somehow. They're connected to this person somehow. And this person is being kept alive by Marshawn Rowe to, to to basically use the hyperspace lanes to pillage because really this great accident started as basically a hyperspace heist. And they were supposed to leave no evidence behind. They were just supposed to go in, mm-hmm. do a heist. It was one of the the ships from the from the Nihil that basically, in in a way, screwed up. And I think if I remember correct, oh. um, wasn't there when they finally got to their meeting place and uh, Marshawn Rowe with the other three heads of the Nihil having this big party, they even discussed that, that well, I, somebody I, had to pay for for not hitting the freighter in the right spot. Because really the freighter, it to me seemed like should have just been disintegrated in hyperspace because there was not supposed to be any evidence the Nihil were there. It, no, I, that's why I read the book. I, so... And this is where I, I have the advantages. I finished it not, much more recent because, you know, I was lazy and read it last. Um, <laughs> it is So let's talk about the Nihil, actually. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to come back to your point, Tom. Okay, that's fine. So the Nihil, as we are introduced to them, are kind of an outer rim gang. They're kind of, they have this rule of three. Um, they, they're, everything is storm themed for them. Um, they like storms. Well, storm, and so, fire, and somebody or other. It's like... Yeah, something they like have that. Storms, clouds, and strikes. Mm-hmm. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. With Tempest as uh, the leaders. And Tempest. Yeah. Yes. And so there's this idea that they kind of bring a uh, kind of talk about where there's the rule of three. Marshy and Roe is kind of the the outsider in some ways. He and his father have uh, the woman who like I think it's pretty clearly established she is a Santeca. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yep. uh, they use these paths to kind of do the things they want to do. And they they have a voting system. So if you want, you know, uh, why am I blanking? If you want lore involved, oh, sorry, not lore. Wow, excuse me. Um, if there there's a decision to make, they vote, and the whoever the I Marching Row gets to kind of decide tiebreakers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spends a lot of the novel. It it feels like he is uh, on the back foot in some ways. He's in a situation where he doesn't feel like he has power with the other three eyes. The rest of the hill. And he doesn't is figuring out basically what he wants to do with that. Um, he's responding to the crisis, but there's a moment near the end of the book where he kind of plays his hand and reveals that no, like this was always his intention. Mm-hmm. He he gave a path to the Nihil, knowing it would cross paths with the uh, the freighter that it, it dis- is destroyed at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's and it's an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. He set them up. I, well, I, he, he set them up, but he also set up one of the other eyes, which I thought that when he set up that other eye, that was brilliant. But we're yeah. going to get to that one so, later. Yes, I, I think, you know, 
I'd love to chat more about the 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 Nile here because I thought they were they were very different than I was expecting based on a lot of the information that was released leading up to the High Republic. Mm-hmm. They'd kind of been uh, portrayed in like press events and previews and stuff as almost this Viking like structure or group, right? With uh, willing to just they just want to go out and, and do damage and pillage and plunder and uh and uh, you know they were scary right like, the big thing was like what scares the jedi uh was kind of one of the big pitches for the era um and, and so i almost imagine them almost like the yujan vong uh, mm-hmm. in, in many ways from the new jedi order um uh, where they were like they were kind of everywhere they were coming after the uh the republic it was a huge force the jedi would have to band together and and stave off and that you know they were almost cannibalistic in many ways and terrifying and evil um and so that's kind of what i went into this book with this kind of picture in my mind of the the nile and i was shocked by just how much backstory we character development we got with the nile and and how um almost normal they were just like another pirate gang like yes they were they were they loved to go pillage and, and plunder yep. um but we we got to Drink see their hearty show i'm sorry <laughs> exactly I, but we, I, I i hate to do that but I, everything you're saying i agree with continue yeah and, and it's it's one of those things where um you know march and row he wasn't just this evil leader he was this leader who as you were saying Stephen, was struggling with this this rule of of three how he actually somehow his his father managed to get the Nile to agree to this rule where marching role ultimately has the final say because his vote counts as two in this, this triad and out of these four people. Uh, and so they really, the three of them have to team up against him, the three, the three tempests in order to, um, to, to overrule any decision he makes. And he kind of gives out these orders and in these unknown um, paths through hyperspace, but the, the, the rest of the Nile really don't know what it is and how it works. Uh, and then how he has it's almost like this ticking time bomb where he's going to lose this ability if if Mari Santeca dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely fascinating this, stuff. I'm it's, actually so here one sec, Tom. This go is ahead. so I will frankly I, like this is not my favorite era. Like I've never been a big Old Republic person or even uh, like prequel era. Like I read everything post Return of the Jedi. I've read most of the prequel era, not like even legend novels. Um, so I. I knew this was coming. I kind of knew the like high level, like, ah, the high Republic, the golden age and so on. I had read nothing else beyond that. And so I went in with no preconceptions. Mm -hmm. So like when you describe them as kind of like, ah, they're kind of like Viking pirates. So like, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. This idea of like what scares a Jedi. Like I, I did not go in and expecting that. And I didn't, I feel like maybe that worked in favor for me because I, I would not, if that was what I was expecting, I would not have gotten that. Right, because that, that's, okay, that so, doesn't feel like these people at all. They didn't feel scary. They felt very you. small and very localized to a specific system. And yep. yes, at the end of the book, they kind of start to expand and decide, let's go everywhere else. But like they lose a third of their organization in this book. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was just very surprised by just how much character development, just how much behind the scenes we got in the different, to the different different Tempest runners, you know, Paneta, Lorna D, and Kasav Milico. And just how much backstory we got. And uh, it almost had the effect of making them seem less scary Mm -hmm. in some ways. Because we knew they were just kind of a ragtag band. Yeah. 
it's and fascinating. I because the way I read the entire novel is it it's like ah, this is where they explain to me how this nothing pirate gang <laughs> will become something that is of note and like something that like would basically make it into a history book somewhere as a footnote maybe. Right. But it explains why why would the Nihil ever get mentioned in the galactic history books? Oh, well, you see, there used to be this kind of one of the many pirate gangs that exist in the Outer Rim. This accident happened. They decided to pick a bone with the Republic, and this is this this was the result. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and that's how I read the book is mm-hmm. ah, it's setting up this kind of how these people become an issue, which is it, yeah, it's fascinating that to have the book marketed that way. When I I totally agree, I, it doesn't. I didn't get a lot of that out of this novel directly. And to be fair, they were kind of marketing the era, I guess, that way. But I just assumed that's That's where it would be. And and they kind of do show us that progression. But I also don't think still the Nile are scary. Like, I I didn't read the book thinking, oh, my gosh, they're terrifying like the Yuzhan Vong. They're just a pirate gang that has secret hyperspace routes. And they're all flawed just like everyone else. And I, I liked it. I liked a lot of their character development. But, Tom, you have thoughts. Okay. I completely agree with everything you're saying because when I'm re- I'm reading this book, I'm like, these guys are supposed to be Vikings. They ended up to me like you've just said, they 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 are more like pirates. Okay, they they were a pirate gang that somehow are going to be manipulated by Marshawn Rowe because you can tell he's now maneuvered himself into being more powerful. The only way, if they're setting this up at the end of the book, and spoilers, please, because. One of the one of the characters I really liked was Master Greatstorm. Mm. Okay, he ends up getting captured. The only way that you can sit here and say that these guys are going to be a challenge to the Jedi, the only time that came into play was when he had Greatstorm in that cell, and he had the quote unquote pain around Greatstorm to where he really was kind of having his Jedi powers muted because of all this pain around him in the cell. Okay, so that gives some kind of hint Mm -hmm. that Marshawn Rowe is a little bit more than we seem when it comes to the other part of this now triad, because there was four and now there's there's three of of the Nihil. it, It as that three works, it doesn't scare me at all that these guys would have more power over the Jedi, because if they're supposed to be that cunning, the Jedi are supposed to be a little bit more cunning and resourceful and everything that they should be able to defeat them. The only thing right now that kind of makes it feel that that could power over the Jedi is they always come in and and they wear their gas masks, the Nihil. Mm -hmm. So whatever kind of, whatever kind of gas they throw out there, you know, that could be, you know, uh, knock a Jedi down, but how are the Jedi going to defend that? Hey, the Nihil, the first thing they do, they send gas. Hey, we put on gas masks. Boom. Lightsabers. They're done. (laughs) Well, no, uh, but but that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what 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 is what is the thing that that is setting up to make them scary for the Jedi? Unless you're just focusing on that one little bit at the end with Great Storm, yeah, and and Marshawn Rowe. That that's the I, only thing right now that yeah. that's any hint of what could happen in the future. I did find well, the, the whole kidnapping of the Blythes somewhat scary, like the way they 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 set it from the Blythe family's point of view. Um, yeah, yeah. But it took too long. I mean, that that whole that whole thing it, it worked, but again, you're talking about this great catastrophe and how we said that that it seemed like it dragged on a little bit. That that the, the kidnapping of the family to me also dragged a little bit more. It, I think it could have been you know a a bit quicker, but it. it yeah. the, 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 I that's you know that's how I feel. Let me ask a a different question and may. 
first of all, I'm, I'm curious if this was even on your minds when you were reading the books. And second of all, I'm curious what your thoughts are. So one of the things that was I constantly was thinking about throughout the novel is we know this is at 100 years before Phantom Menace, right? Supposedly 200 years. It's 200, it's years, 200 okay. years, yeah. So we're in, we know we're in a high point of the Republic. We also know that the Republic of 200 years from now is pretty low. It's very corrupt. It is, uh, the Jedi have been kind of bound in a bureaucracy and so on and so forth. I spent a lot of the novel, and sorry, and the other pieces, we know that Palpatine is a Sith Lord who has been working as part of a, an ages long Sith plot to bring about the fall of the Republic. Right. So I spent a lot of the novel pondering and wondering where is the hand of the Sith in the events that are occurring? Is it? Thank you. And I like it went. I there are a bunch of I don't I don't think there's an answer in the novel. Like Marching Row could be an interesting kind of uh, pawn or part of the Sith, and that he's mm -hmm. pushing to um, get them, you know, into a position where he will like that will help push the Republic in the other direction. I'm a little suspicious of like maybe Chancellor So, who is yes driving this Republic through this kind of golden age, but maybe seeding other pieces throughout. Great Storm is now being, you know, surrounded by pain, pain and maybe that mm. corrupts him somehow. Um, I, but was that something that was on your minds? And did you did you see pieces that I didn't, perhaps? I I completely agree with what you're saying. I didn't see anything that hints at it. Um, there was another Jedi Master, um, the Ski Skier, supposedly, I think in one of the comics has a thing to where it kind of like um, has a meltdown or something. I think that's hinted at somewhere. So um, I I agree. I didn't see much of a quote unquote other than Marshawn Rowe dark side feel to it that somehow if there's even going to be a Sith presence within this. Yeah, it's something that never actually really occurred to me. But I, I like where you're going, Stephen. You know, will we find out that a lot of this is the result of the Sith. We know that during the old Republic, there was a massive, massive Sith presence in the galaxy. Uh, and they were ultimately defeated. And we go into this, this uh, golden age of the Jedi, the high Republic. Um, yeah. Like will the, will the Sith play a, a role in this somehow behind the scenes, maybe orchestrating the, the fall of the Jedi eventually, potentially. I, I, I like that. I like that theory. I could see, yeah, just, you know, them manipulating Marchion Row and the Nile and other organizations. Yeah, and then like uh, particularly, and this is I read the book thinking it was a hundred years before. Um, mm -hmm. One of the the trends that we see in uh, the um, Phantom Menace, particularly, is kind of this role of you know the Trade Federation and other and the banking clan and these kind of uh, large conglomerates, shall we say that are basically looking in in terms of how to that are weakening the bureaucracy of the republic and so i spent also a lot of the novel looking for those i would say mm -hmm. where 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 are those interests going to start coming together to become the the basically the massive force that we would will end up seeing in uh the phantom menace right and i and it's very possible we won't see any of that in this and the goal of this entire like of this is not to uh you know tell any of those stories um which is also okay i think but it's 
I, I it's one of those things I'm very curious to see how it develops as the era goes on. Like that's it's one of the things that like this book is very much all about. We are setting up this era, introducing you to the characters. You know, I I, I think some of them in, are involved in some of the comics and things that are going to be going on. Yeah. Um, and then basically just going from there and see what happens next. Mm. One of the things I thought was interesting about this this novel in this era is just how even in spite of the 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 Nile, the attacks by the Nile and the, the the great disaster with the emergences, um, just how positive uh, everyone tried to be and, and and work together. And that was I know one of the big things that Chancellor So is pushing with their her great works and the the Starlight Beacon and and everything was like really how the whole galaxy bands together and mm-hmm. tries to help each other in in time of need. It's supposed to show a a more um, positive galaxy in, mm-hmm. in some ways. Well, there was even a mention, I, I can't remember the couple, but even during the whole great disaster and they're in the, and it was a het, Hetzel system. Mm-hmm. There was uh, a husband wife couple that they were supposed to be going somewhere, but they just decided to jump on in. And I think they were the ones that came up with the idea of a way to actually slow down those pieces by using whatever grappling uh, cable or whatever they had on their ship and using the Jedi to, use just that little bit of the force to, to slow the ship down a bit. So these grappling hooks can get onto but the how, how did they do that, Tommy? Okay. The fragments going so fast that they're, I know, but, keep see, up, but, but they're but, not, but, and it bothers me. It bothers know, me. Tommy. I know. I, Steven, <laughs> Steven, I get it because, because that's the other thing that was also mentioned because, um, because of our Chris, because she, because she is able to see the force as music it brought back an old, what was it, the 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 old expanded universe thing of the Jedi battle meld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, actually, yeah, yeah. And this this is basically when when everything happened, and I, I am correct saying Hexel system, right? Hexel, yeah, yep. Hexel, okay. Um, she used this whole, which I I find it interesting. She sees it as music, but she was able to pull all the Jedi together to do like because they had the big issue of and Stephen. You're going to love this one. Those pieces were going to a planet that had Tabana gas. That if they didn't well, slow or move those no, pieces. One of the, one of the pieces. Okay. Was, uh, oh, Tabana. It was going it to had Tabana in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as they were worried that if the Tabana gas hits the sun while going fast, but depend, not clear how fast, it so will it wasn't going cause the speed. sun to explode. Right. Uh, so who needs a Death Star? Yeah. So, so, ba- so the new ruler of the Empire, because <laughs> yeah, I did find it a bit odd that like the the emergences they seem to be all really co- concentrated in the Hetzel system at first, and um, and happened all in pretty quick succession, and then all of a sudden it kind of slowed down to give everyone time to investigate, and then. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, the the um, the disturbances kind of kept happening, you know, a bit broader across the galaxy mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. a bit slower to give them them time to figure out what was going on. But again, you know, I'm willing to suspend uh, suspend disbelief for mm-hmm. the physics. Again, Star Wars has always been more science fantasy than science fiction, so okay, willing to forgive, but you know, okay, but but getting back to the physics and 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 discarding stuff like that. What did you guys think of the way that they were able, the Republic was able to piece together? <laughs> okay, yeah, I think you, I think you know where I'm going with this. I can't remember the guy, the, the kid's name that had the idea 
to predict when all these occurrences were going to happen. Okay. And it was a race against time because they had to get, they had to figure out where these pieces were going because they wanted to get the ship's data computer because the data computer would tell the whole story. Okay. But they, they didn't know they were in a race against time against the Nihil because the Nihil needed to do that as well. Yeah, I mean, so, it's... Uh, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. They basically... Sorry, I'm... There's a bit of, like... William and I obviously both work at Microsoft and are re- uh, relatively tech-savvy. And this was basically just like, man, if we can parallel compute, and, like, there's going to be a set of people who are, are technical-savvy, I'm I'm misrepresenting it. I'm a program manager, a product manager. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, but, like, it was just the, like... If we put a bunch of computers together, we can predict everything. Yeah. Um, he basically invented Google, is how I'm just going to pitch it. Um, if we know everything that you search, Tom, we'll be able to know what you're going to have for dinner tomorrow. Um, right. That was the vibes I got out of that entire sequence. Yeah, well, I mean, they tried to connect a bunch of Nava computers, basically. They ripped right. out, what, 30,000 Nava computers or whatever? It was, no, it was massive. Like, it was more. 300,000? like... Yeah, yeah, because it was, it was it was so much that wherever they were, they had to create rain, which sadly yeah. in this case we didn't see uh, uh, clone commandos, but they had to create rain to kind of you know stop them from overheating. Yeah, it was, uh, and there was just so many, and they just like, okay, well now we have them all hooked together, we can we can very easily figure out the um, where all of the emergencies are going to occur and can go in and save everyone in it. It was a little convenient. It was a little silly, but yeah. Yep. Okay. That, a little convenient. That was about how I felt about it. Okay, Again, but wait I'm wait willing more. to suspend disbelief because I have to say, like, I, I know it seems like we're ragging on the book. I actually did no, enjoy the book quite a quite a bit, and I, oh, I I agree. Um, I thought it was a very very fun, very easy read. I actually really like the era. I like the characters uh, a lot. We talked about how there's a lot of them, but um, you know, Loden, Great Storm, Avar, Chris. Uh, they're just uh, Porter Engel. He was I. I really like Porter Engel a lot. Wookie the, the Jedi. Cuck, the, uh, the Wookie Jedi. Oh, yep. Yeah. He actually uh, reminded me. Is it, um, oh, is it Kirik? What was his name from yeah. Legends? There was um, because he was the same species too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. No, like I, I really enjoyed uh, a lot of the characters, and I, I, I hope we get to see more of them. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. he was yeah a Kirkian. Um, thank you that's and yep. yeah uh it, it's it's a uh I, I thought they did a great job on the characters and it was a very fun easy read while i was suspending disbelief on a couple of the aspects but again it's star wars right okay so so it, it, you, you want to talk about like uh what did we just say when it came to the um the um uh all the droids put together to, to, to make a massive data farm what about the kid Remember, there was the Jedi Master and the the Wookiee. Um, they were at a ceremony, and the Wookiee apprentice kind of zeroed in on a little kid. That if it wasn't for the little kid, he he. Oh, I'm trying to remember this. He had a piece of information. It was a. It was almost like a. And I. By the way, you guys read the book. I listened to the audiobook. I I enjoyed the audiobook. The the only thing is, it was read by the same guy who did Thrawn. Um, 
And in some cases, I kept hearing Thrawn and a couple other just as well. Um, I mean, he he he, uh, I know, I, he does, he does all, all the audiobooks, does, and I think he does a know, fantastic and job. He um, does. And I'm not. Uh, uh, and William, and yeah. please, th- those of you listening to the pie, I am not knocking that. I I love the way he reads the book. The problem is, I am so good hearing voices <laughs> that I can I can really start distinguishing where I've heard voices before. Yeah. And yeah. Um. But I thought that that little and I'm trying to remember what it was because I, I I remember I was I was doing yard work when I heard this part of the book that it was just an easy thing to wear this Wookiee the, the Wookiee um, apprentice saw this kid in the corner felt like the kid was a little alienated and then they ended up talking to the kid and the kid had that little piece of information where it's just like I think we need to talk to this kid and that's the only thing I remember out of it but yeah, it, was it, a- had, it had to do with yeah, the disaster yeah, it was a cool moment where they they rescued one of the kids who was on the ship, um, and he he knows something. He'd hacked into, I believe, That's the, right. he into, uh, into the bridge computers, and he was one of the ones who kind of saw something. And he wouldn't hadn't talked to anyone yet because he so felt like kind of, he was the one that caused the accident. He was afraid he was exactly, right. and he, so it was. And it was the Wookiee Jedi who kind of helped um, clear that up for him, you know, and give him some a sense of peace. I guess is maybe the word. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was I had, like there were lots of awesome little moments. I think you mentioned Tom. There's the couple that piloted the long beam, the married couple that were. Yep. Oh, we were trying to get the vacation, and we ended up yep. saving the galaxy. Oh well, kind of like that. I also really appreciated mm-hmm. it. Like, and, and I hate to say this, but oh, no, I, I'm not. I don't hate to say this, but listening to the audiobook and the voice of the husband, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> I, it was, it was, it was what. That's why I think I gravitated to that because it was just how how the voice was done was just, I'm like, dude, right up my alley. Perfect. Um, so. Yeah. I, like I said, I thought the characters were, were amazing. Um, yeah. I, I really liked them all. And I, I do hope we get to see more of them. I think if anything, I, the problem of the only, the book's major, I think if, I, if, if there is on the problem was it just, just so much, so many characters, so much going on. Yeah. Uh, it it introduced mm-hmm. some really interesting ideas. And I, I almost like I, I liked the Jedi a lot. I, I I liked the Nile a lot more than I was expecting, as well. Um, I'm I'm I will be honest. I'm giving them one more. I'm giving them one more book to flesh them out a bit because I I am to the point right now to where, other than Marshawn Rowe, I think having somehow an ace up his sleeve, the other two are just not interesting because they're just a bunch of pirates. And they're just out there. I don't see those other two that are left as being scary at all. The only person I see out of this now rule of three is Marshawn Rowe, because it has to be some kind of ace up his sleeve. Yes. You know, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, the the Tempest Runners themselves were, it was interesting to see their different styles. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's Marshawn Rowe, I think, that's most interesting. And the Tempest, and the... the um, the Nile organization, but right. I wasn't expecting to get that much character development in them. And so I, 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 I really liked it. Honestly, they weren't as scary. I don't think they were, I don't think they were what was described leading up to the book, but I liked them either way. Right. Um, right. um, um yeah. And the, the era is interesting too. You know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm excited to see what else they do in the high Republic era with these characters. You know, this is just the first, the first book, uh, we've gotten here. 
can can we get on to because I'm trying to get here right now to to be a little bit more on top of this. Can we get on to Marshawn Rowe basically setting up that one of the Tempest Runners and how I have to say brilliant that was <laughs> because I, I I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying very hard on Wikipedia right now to to actually get to this guy and how he was set up was just so brilliant. Yeah, so Kasav Milico. Um, Thank you. Yeah, he. Um, I thought it was it, it, we we find out again. Marchand Rowe, he is not his. Uh, he, he's been laying the groundwork for this for a while. We don't, it doesn't seem like it at the time when you're reading the book, but at the end you find out, oh yeah, he actually sent the, temp, the, the, you know, the Tempest, a, a, a path that would run them into the ship that would then cause the great disaster. It was all planned. Um, but you know, the, the three Tempest runners each have their own organization. It's very, very uh, siloed in, in many ways. And they each kind of are out for themselves and they want to go get as much money as they can. They're kind of in competition, but they're, they all know that they're getting the, the paths from Marchand Rose. So ultimately he's the one in charge. Um, and Marchand for his part is uh, his, he kind of inherited this from his father. And they used to have this, this giant, giant ship uh, that um, that was all for just for for Marchand Row, and over time, all of those people basically left. Marchand Row kind of le- lost a lot of his 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 people, and, and now it's just him and Mari Senteca. Uh, hanging well, I think out. it's by design, right? Right. Yeah. It's so it's almost like this huge facade, right? It's not. It, it doesn't exist. All of this stuff is is fake. Um, again, it's super fascinating. Uh, and he, he inherited this from his, his father, but, and, and it's all throughout the book. It's kind of played up as like, oh yeah, the Marchand Rose father was the brilliant one. He was really the, the one behind everything. Mm-hmm. But we find out Marchand Rowe is, he's still pretty devious and manages to set up Kasav and, and sends him after this flight recorder that he knew the Republic would have at this point. So that he his his entire group would get wiped out, uh, pretty devious devious so, stuff. And he sends well, Lorna D to help wipe him out too. And so and, here's and, an go ahead. Well, go ahead, Stephen. Uh, another question I thought that was really interesting, and I'm I'm curious if we get an answer. Um, Marchie and Ment kind of ponders throughout the novel. He knows one of the three Tempests had his father murdered, mm-hmm. but he doesn't mm-hmm. know which one. And my my guess at this point, because we see perspectives from Kasav and I'm blanking on the woman's name, the the spy one, Lorna D. Uh, yes, Lorna D. And then there's the third. Who is is it? Prava? Am I remembering correctly? Panetta. Uh, start with a P. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get his perspective, so I'm suspecting it's it, that just means it's him because that's uh, an easy way to hide catch. it. But I hardly also wonders, like maybe. Marchion is the one who did it, and hmm. it, this oh, you mean that the the son killed the father? I mean, it's it'd be hard because he has. We get we're inside his head throughout a lot of the novel, mm-hmm. um, and he thinks who killed my father. And it'd be it'd, boy, it'd be really weird if he's like, yeah, who killed my father? Oh, right, it was me. Um, but it, just, but, it makes but me super... be a heck of a twist. Though. Oh, it would be yeah. Um, yeah, it's super just. Super interesting. I'm very, very curious to find out more on that piece as well. Yeah. Mm. I just love how Marshawn Rowe 
when it came to he had like a video of the battle that that took out you're going too quick william um that took out the 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 one guy how he was able to manipulate that video to make it look like that it was a setup on the republic side Mm -hmm. when the setup was actually on march on row side i just i loved just that whole that whole playing of the rallying of the troops behind him and the rallying against the, you know, the Republic. I just, that was brilliant. And as we said, by the end, you, we, they're, they're deciding to go They're They're a third smaller, but they're deciding to go out into the galaxy and really cause more, more trouble. But it still gets to the point to where are they going to be, what makes them, what makes them more powerful that makes the Jedi run scared? I mean, that's the biggest but, question. I don't think there is anything. So and far. That's my takeaway. Yeah. So far, I don't see anything that makes me think they are more terrifying. Right. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, they'll develop more terrifying uh, habits, but you know, we'll see. We will, we will see. But yeah, I don't know. That, that's, I guess those are my initial thoughts on mm-hmm. the book. It's it's a it's a it's an interesting opening for the the High Republic era. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Yep. I wouldn't say it's my favorite book of all time, uh, but I like that it's a new era. It it felt a little bit different while being familiar. Um, right. You know, talking about it like, briefly. I don't think we covered this, but um, like hyper hyperspace travel is a lot more limited in this time they they haven't quite figured out all the routes yet uh people don't get quite as far into the outer rim um it's the government's a lot more centralized into just the core Uh, so so we kind of get to see that progression later on now it's a little bit weird because i feel like in the old republic it was kind of travel was everywhere again so uh but even in spite of that, I, I did like how it felt a little bit different while also being very familiar and still very Star Wars-y. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, William, if you, you know, you're talking about how you felt about the book. What? Just, I'm throwing this off the cuff here. I don't actually know. It, maybe this is a thing we can do. Uh, well, you know, if you had to, like, pick a number of Womp Rats that represent how you feel about the novel... How many Womp Rats would you pick? I think I'd give it seven and a half Womp Rats. It was a, it was a fun start. Again, I, I, I thought it was a very easy read. Some of the books are just, especially when you get into new eras, sometimes there's just so much jargon thrown at you. you know. And I, I thought Charles did a really good job while he's introducing a lot of characters. Um, it felt very grounded and, and very, um, uh, very easy to read and pick up, which I, I, I enjoyed. I was surprised by how much the book wrapped up seemingly wrapped up most of the the loose ends and plot points it felt like a cohesive story and 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 yes the the Nile are going to keep you know pillaging the galaxy and that sort of thing um the the core story is is basically resolved the 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 incident that kicks off this era is resolved I was surprised by how much smaller the incident was than I was expecting um mm-hmm. But it, it's very much self-contained, and so that's good. You know, if you're new to the era, you can jump into this and and read it, and then and then continue on without having to read everything else. Um, but yeah, you know, the the tech wasn't always perfect. But this is Star Wars; it's not always perfect. 
and I liked a lot of the characters. So yeah, I'll give it seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And my seven and a half Womp Rats are um, uh, well, once Mari Santeca eventually dies, um, she doesn't in this book, but once she eventually dies, Marchin Row replaces her with seven and a half Womp Rats, who also are able to give paths to the Tempests. Fascinating. Very nice. Good one. Uh, does that mean it's my turn? Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, I have to kind of agree with everything you just said, William. Like, to me, this is all about kicking off this kind of new era. And I think the book has uh, a lot of challenges it has to deal with as a result of that. It has to introduce a bunch of characters that will show up in different novels and comics and so on. It has to introduce the uh, state of the galaxy and get that all across without being, you know, super boring. And it has to tell a coherent story that is interesting to read through. Um, I And while I do think it dra- dr- drag, drug, what's the right word? I don't know. Um, drug? Dragged. Oh my goodness. Uh, the book drugged me is what I'm trying to say. That's um, <laughs> where it was a little bit slower than I would have liked. The pacing could have been a little bit faster. Um, overall, I, I'm honestly really impressed with how well uh, Charles Sewell handled all of the different pieces he had to bring together. And I, I think I actually, I'm not at the point yet where I'm like, I cannot wait to read the next book, but I'm intrigued to see where the era goes. Mm-hmm. I think it's got potential. Um, so I'm going to give it a uh, 7 out of 10 Womp Rats. And sorry, I'm going to put one of you on the spot. Do you remember the name of the kid who figured out, kind of put all the Navi computers together? Um, does, I don't know do if you have the name on hand by chance. If not, that's okay. Anyway. This is so, what happens when there's so many new characters. I'm still learning them all. That's okay. <laughs> full it disclosure. With totally. I'm trying to find the Jedi. I'm trying to find the, the yeah. Jedi that had the dog as the, um, the, his, his buddy or other. Yep. So my so he after the his experience with the Navi computers he's looking for the next big thing. How can we predict hyperspace emergencies? And it turns out, you instead of using those like four hundred thousand droids, you just network seven Womp Rat brains together, and you can unlock the secrets <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> was it Kevin Tar? That does sound right. It was Kevin. Yeah, which is such that a was the guy, that was the guy horrible who... name. <laughs> But that was the guy who did the network of the, yeah. the uh, droid. Yeah. The droid. Okay. yeah. So set, okay. he's going to start using Womp Rats for the next stage of his development. Okay. So it seems like we're going to be a consensus here because I think I'm going to be giving my rating of seven Womp Rats to this book. I did enjoy the book. I am really looking forward to how they're going to be proceeding forward at this point. Um, I think they've done a really good setup. I actually liked... Uh, Jedi Master Greatstorm. I hope somebody gets out there to rescue him pretty soon because I really hate to see him kind of wander away for a little bit. Um, so hopefully in the next book, somebody goes and gets him. We'll find out. So my seven Womp Rats. Um, I really liked Bell Zedifar had the his his dog Ember. Um, I like that part of the whole... Um, uh, kidnapping thing and chase scene and, and the rescue and all that. So my seven Womp Rats are going to go for a ride on the back of Bells out of Far's pet Ember. Um, and, and they're going to go riding off into the distance to help save that family. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, this is, this is fun. It's, it's been fun talking about a new era in star Wars. Uh, there's many, many, many more books to come as we talked about the, era of the high republic is just beginning so there's a lot more to come which is uh very very 
exciting. And there's actually a, a lot more Star Wars books coming out soon as well that are not High Republic uh, specific. So if you're not not a big uh, fan of this era, that's no problem. There's still plenty more to read. But out now we have Light of the Jedi, uh, The Rising Storm, and Into the Dark. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Light of the Jedi, uh, Into the Dark, and A Test of Courage uh, uh, are all out now as part of Phase 1, as well as some comics as well as the High Republic comic and uh, some other stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah lots lots to get excited about. And uh, um, the uh, the next book in the Alphabet Squadron uh, trilogy <coughs> is also releasing in just a month. Uh, so, lots... Mm. Lots going on for sure. Um, so, so when does the new uh, Zon book come out with uh, Grand Admiral? Yes, that's this this summer. Uh, I, I want to say June, July. It was originally supposed to be May, uh, and they pushed it back uh, a bit. But uh, yeah, it's can't wait. Yeah, lots of good stuff coming one. down the line. Yeah. And then don't forget all the stuff that's going to be coming to Disney Plus as well. Because have they said when Bad Batch is coming out? Because no, they because they, didn't you guys see that they released a uh, Black Series figures are going to be coming out from um, uh, Bad Batch as well as there is a new yes. uh, clone trooper that they released that's tied to Bad Batch. Yes. Very cool stuff. Also, I misspoke. I'm sorry. Uh, it was a different book that was pushed back a little bit. Uh, Thrawn Ascendancy Greater Good is actually coming out on April 27th. So I think it was pulled in a few days. Uh, nice. So, yeah. April 27th. So just a few months away. Excellent. But yeah, Very thanks cool. for listening, everyone. Um, happy uh, Star Wars Podcast Day. Uh, go check out all the other Star Wars podcasts that are uh, available there's a lot of really, really great podcasts, so we highly recommend you check them all out. And um, we'll be back, we'll be back uh, soon with our next review. We'll keep you in suspense as to what that will be. May the force be with you. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.